Hello, and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce, CEO and founder of Next Step. I'd like to welcome to the show today our guest and my friend, Chris Hahn. Chris is the Managing Director at Nividus. His background includes finance, IoT, and he is currently the Managing Director for North America, where he's working to grow and scale the business inside the U.S. Hello, Chris. How are you? And welcome to the show. I'm great, Sean. Thanks for having me. Hey, excited to have you here to talk about our exciting topic. But before we go into that, if you could, for our listeners, talk a little bit more about your background and how you became the Managing Director at Nividus. Sure. So uh, it actually started, my career started in finance, uh, working in, in New York and Wall Street um, in that rat race for about 12 years. Uh, eventually, once I learned how the sausage was made, I decided that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life and was looking for an alternative route. <clears throat> and um, luckily, uh, I ended up um, connecting with a, a gentleman I knew very well, a you know, very ser serial entrepreneur that was uh, involved in a tech startup in the IoT space. Um, I got involved with them and, and, and uh, spent about two and a half, three years there before we merged with a public company. Um, and once uh, that exit happened, I was looking for my next venture and was uh, really, really happy to find Nividus. Um, it was a situation where it was an established company, um, been around almost 10 years, great product. Uh, what they really needed was an, uh, an ability to scale and grow here in the U.S., they had a lot of growth overseas and in Europe uh, and Asia and India, um, and we had a handful of, of pretty large clients here in the U.S., uh, but we really needed to build out distribution and figure out ways that we could, you know, broaden our horizons here and, and, and grow the business, and they asked me to join and be responsible for doing so. Excellent. Well, thank you for providing the background. I'm really excited to talk about the topic, which is gets more into the uh, basically what you offer and uh, as a managing director there at Nividus, and that is with regard to hyper-automation. So best place to probably start there would be to define it and talk a little <laughs> bit about how it gets confused for other terms as well too, because I, when talking about these topics, right, hyper-automation, robotics, RPA, all these terms come up. If you could define them for us and talk a little bit about the differences between them and which one you know Nividus specifically falls into. Yeah, sure, uh, great question. Yeah, so hyper automation was a uh, it was coined by Gartner uh, at the beginning of this year. In fact, Gartner labeled uh, hyper automation as a number one trend uh, in the technology, software technology, strategic technology space for 2020, and uh, which was huge for us because we really built our solution around the idea of hyper automation, but for years had a, a, a challenging time separating ourselves from a traditional RPA robotic process automation organization. Um, and it, in Gartner's sort of coining this term really helped us identify ourselves and, and separate ourselves from the pack. Um, really what hyper automation is, is it's, it's bolting on additional tools to the core of, 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 the, of the solution, which is robotic process automation. Um, but it's using both robotic process automation at the core along with AI, machine learning, natural language processing, uh, as well as business process management solutions uh, as, a, as, a, as a whole solution to help companies automate processes. Um, yeah, I could probably talk a little bit about robotic process automation if you'd like and sort of define that because that at the core is really what makes up uh, the capabilities of hyper automation. Um, it's the AI and machine learning components that, that really 
allow us to cast a wider net in terms of what we can accomplish for our customers. Yeah, so Chris, I'm definitely gonna take you up on that. If you could explain to us a little bit more about the background of robotic process automation first. Sure, so robotic process automation is the use of a software bot that we train based off of rules to execute a task that a human has historically been doing in a much more timely manner. And think of repetitive, time intensive tasks, you know, that involve a lot of email, a lot of spreadsheets, um, maybe it's uh, disconnected systems and relaying data from one system to another system if there's no APIs. Um, But anything that tends to just be very time heavy, you know, and it's causing employees to, you know, be bogged down by just a lot of paperwork as we sometimes refer to it. Bots uh, sit on a desktop, like I said, just as like a human would, except based off of these rules, they're executing these tasks within a fraction of the time that is spent uh, for a human to do it. And you mentioned bot as part of that response as well too. That's something else I wanted to talk more about in terms of, right, especially visualizing how you would use and leverage the technology. So now that we've talked about some of the differences between right, what technically is uh, RPA or robotic process automation and how that differs from uh, hyper automation. Uh, I'm curious to know more about use cases for clients and how they use it. And I'm also curious to learn more about this bot. So if you could talk more about probably both of those, that would be really cool. Yeah, so let's talk about the bot first. I'll I'll share a funny story with you. I was talking to an investment firm in New York uh, about a year ago and having a great conversation about the capabilities and of, of how this tool could really help them automate um, a lot of their spreadsheet work, a lot of uh, reconciliation that they were doing. And uh, the gentleman I was talking to was enthusiastic and excited. And he sort of paused and said, well, Chris, I don't know where I'd put it. And I was thrown off by his question and I, I, I sort of paused and he said, well, yeah, I, I'm in New York. We don't have a big space here. Like, where would I put the bot? And I realized that he meant he thought it was a physical robot, uh, which it's not. Um, so these bots actually just sit on, as I mentioned earlier, they just sit on a machine uh, or in a private cloud. Um, so they're software bots, just to clarify that. Um, that was going to be my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're much less expensive because they're not giant human bots, uh, human uh, size bots. But um, yeah, so, so, that, so we'll clarify that. Um, in regards to the second part of your question is, yes, there's hundreds of examples or case studies where, where bots can be used across all business functions. So it could be bots can, can also work in, in, on one process one day and another process on another day and so on and so forth. Um, the idea is that what you really look to do is maximize that bot's production no different than you would onboarding an employee and setting tasks for that employee. You wanna do the same for a bot. So the bots, when they get, the the idea is to maximize the amount of time they're in production. And these bots work 24 seven, 365, um, and then again, in countless different business functions. And oftentimes bots have 10, 20, 30 different processes that they've been trained to execute. And it's up to the company to to decide when they're deployed to do each task 
how those how those uh, those are managed depending on the existing organization's process in place or changes they're looking to make. Um, but there are, are literally hundreds of case studies, and and the the one I'll share that I think is you, you, your audience may be able to relate to is if you've ever applied for a mortgage. There's a lot of paperwork that gets sent in if you remember when you're applying for a mortgage, right? It's it's uh, bank statements, retirement accounts, applications, and and uh, as that information is sent in, usually which is nowadays you scan it and you email it in, um, it would be received by usually an admin or, or a loan officer that's taking that information and extracting the data from those documents or those emails and, and putting those into systems internally within the organization. Uh, one of those systems that many mortgage companies use is just called a loan origination software. And once that data is put into the loan origination software, much of the process is now automated, right? And it kicks out of approval. But the, the challenge is, uh, is that many organizations are still manually inputting that data, right? Until it gets to the LOS system, it's not fully automated. So what a bot is capable of doing is actually being trained to follow all of those process, all those steps to create a full-blown process that's automated all the way out to the edge, all the way out to the inbound email until approval or non-approval. And what we have designed is a bot to actually receive an email directly. So rather than your inbound email going to a loan officer, it's now being directed to a bot. That bot can read each email, both the subject and the body of the email using natural language processing, um, as well as some other tools to extract the information it needs to understand what to do with that email. So for some emails, if it's a bank statement, they're not supposed to be handling that right now. They're going to handle that tomorrow, that they're going to file that for later. They're going to read that and understand, oh, I do bank statements tomorrow. If they see an email that has a loan application, they say, oh, that's my job to extract the information from that document. I'm going to do that now. It's going to file the email. It's going to open up the PDF, oftentimes file the PDF in a specific folder, and then extract that data from that document using not just OCR, but machine learning and AI to get as accurate as we can, extracting that data, which then will get put into a loan origination software. It could be a legacy software. It could be any existing software that the organization is using. So if, the, if that took a human 30 minutes on average at this organization we're working with, it takes about two to three minutes to extract that data. Now you've freed up 25 minutes, 30, almost 30 minutes for that loan officer to focus on more mission critical work. Maybe it's business development. You know, maybe it's, it's having conversations with potential customers or, or trying to close deals. So that's, um, that's the real power is, is identifying the areas within us and within a process that can be automated to free up that human to focus on more mission critical work. Excellent example. And that, creates only probably a million more questions for me because I'm geeking out about the possibilities. But I want to touch on one in particular, which I know we've talked about before, because there's this perception of this impending wave of automation and what it's going to mean for jobs everywhere, right? So you touched on it a little bit in terms of that response, but I'd love to hear you talk more about what we're expecting, like what we're expecting to change and the benefits of it. 
related to some of the concerns about how automation is going to change the way work gets done today. So can you talk a little bit about that in terms of as automation becomes more prominent and capable of doing these like repetitive um, tasks, how that's going to benefit the workforce and what the future looks like in terms of people and interacting with technology when it comes to hyper automation? Yeah, I love that question. And, and I think the first, the, the first thing I want to talk about to answer that is, is really about the perception of bots and how they will affect jobs moving forward. Because that comes up often. Um, it's a concern. Um, and there are scenarios that uh, bots will end up, I think, executing tasks to the extent where those jobs won't be needed. However, I think it's, we're not uh, as far along as people perceive this to be. Bots aren't quite that good yet. You know, I think that there is certainly a number of tasks that these bots, bots can handle. But for the most part, it's, it's not about taking jobs at all. Um, it's about freeing up employees to focus on the most important aspects of, of, of their job or other things that they can do to help the organization. So it's, 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 it's important for organizations that are looking to adopt this technology to understand how it can be received by their employees and what's important to them as an organization. You know, we deal a lot with small and mid-sized companies that culture is really important to them. Their employees are really important to them. And they don't want them to feel like they're being overtaken by a bot. Um, the good news is, it's, it's like I said, it's rarely the case. Um, in, most, in most scenarios, it's really about, you know, finding ways that you can add value to that employee. You know, and I think I, I go back to... When I was in New York, uh, I, at one point, my boss came to me and he, he said, um, Chris, this summer, we're going to provide you an intern. Um, and I've, I, it, that was a big deal. We, we had a paid internship program. We, we actually even put our interns up in uh, temporary housing. Um, and it was a big expense for our organization. I, I felt appreciated. I felt valued that they were going to provide this resource for me. And it was a great resource. The, I had a kid that was at Duke and he came up and caught on very quickly and I, I handed him a bunch of tasks that I need to get done. And, and instead of leaving the office at nine o'clock on a Wednesday, I was leaving at, you know, five thirty six o'clock. And it was, it was sort of breath of fresh air that summer to feel like I had the life and um, wasn't working 70 hours a week. And then August 15th came around and he went back to college. And there I was sort of going back to my routine and a lot of that mundane, tedious work I was stuck doing again. And then as I came to Nimitus, I thought about it. I realized, wait, a lot of what I had passed off to my intern was work that could be easily automated by a bot. And I thought about how we position this to our employees. I remember feeling valued that my organization invested in a resource to help me. And it wasn't a threat, you know? So I think the way that we position this to our employees is key because they have to understand that this is a value. You are investing in a resource that can help them in a, in, in a number of different ways. Job satisfaction being one of them. There's not many people that I know that really enjoy doing a lot of repetitive data entry type of work. So if we can free up that workload and then talk to our employees about transitioning into other areas of the business even, or aspects of their role and responsibility that they really enjoy most, 
that's the real power of creating better culture, improving your retention, and providing a resource to your employees. At the same time, creating a lot of efficiency and saving time and money. So it can be, as we approach our employees and we introduce this to them, it's just a fragile conversation. I think we have to educate our customers uh, as we engage with them on ways that we can help them understand how to do so. Uh, because I've seen it the opposite. You know, I've seen where there's been a lack of communication and we're introduced as the company that's going to come in and meet with you to learn about your process and your tasks that you're doing and that they have a bot that's going to do that work for you. Well, guess what? You have an employee that's shut down. So it's hard to extract that information. Now they're defensive and now they're worried and that, and that never creates a good environment. And, and that's what we want to avoid because as I mentioned, these, the bots aren't that good. Like there's a lot they can do, but there's a lot they can't do. Um, even with AI, even with machine learning, you know, we're, it's, it's a fraction of the workload that these bots can handle. And, and yes, it's powerful. Yes, it's impactful, but um, you know, it's, it's more of a, a resource um, than it is a threat to our employees. Yeah, you touched on a lot of great topics there and really made it easy for us to understand a lot of the common objections that you're facing in terms of the technology, right? You mentioned having to educate those about the technology in terms of how to use it appropriately. So, right, we talk about that a lot on the show with other people working in different types of software applications. And that's always an aspect to what we're doing when we're innovating. That typically brings about change for a large percentage of the population. Change can be scary, right? unless properly educated and understand how to use it and then the benefits of it, right? Because that's what gets me excited is what you talked about was the tasks in which the, in which the bot can do are probably like significantly repetitive and relatively low value add uh, or, or in terms of um, they're relatively expensive in terms of having actual human capital working on those tasks, which are sound like they're perfect applications for the bot. It's not that they're not valuable. I misspoke there. It's that they're just ultra time consuming and super repetitive, which doesn't necessarily lend itself super favorably to a person doing that all day, every day, right? You can reallocate that those human resources in your team into like bigger, more challenging, more complicated tasks, which are super high value add for the organization and probably more interesting work for those in which they're going to do it. And then simultaneously, like it can complement each other where they're thinking about different instances of how to use the technology after they gain a little bit more experience with it and they realize what they're capable of, just like the story you told when you were working with an intern and it like seemingly changed everything about your work life. Yep. Yeah, Super cool. really good point. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where this is going from here. And part of what I wanted to ask you about next is in terms of what, so where do you see the technology you know, disrupting the most moving forward, perhaps from like an industry perspective, right? You may, you gave us the example of uh, the mortgage industry or finance and things like that. But I'm curious to learn more from you too, in terms of, right, what industries do you feel are particularly ripe for this type of automation that can really leverage the technology? And how do you see those changing moving forward once they have access to it? Yeah, good question. Um, it's, it's hard to define a specific industry where I think this can make a huge impact because it's so agnostic. You know, I get that question all the time. What industries do you focus on? Well, historically speaking, the most adoption has been in finance and healthcare. 
However, it's as we work, as I look at our, our, our client base, it's across many industries. We have retail, we've got e-commerce, we've got manufacturing. Manufacturing is probably one where I feel that there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of antiquated systems. Um, and I think there's a lot of transaction heavy work, uh, which leads to great opportunity to automate. Um, I think that's an area though that will grow um, is, is the use of this technology in manufacturing. But the, the, the biggest area of growth that I see is, is not necessarily its industry, it's by the size of the companies that have utilized this or have, have adopted this technology. There's been a lot of adoption at the enterprise space. There's some, some companies that have been using this technology for years. Where we see is a huge drop off in adoption in the middle market and even some small businesses. So I think that's where we're gonna see the most amount of growth is new adoption of the technology with smaller businesses, with scaling businesses and in the mid market. And I think that that area excites me. I think that we're, we're as a company, we're very focused on helping the middle market and small businesses. And, and I think what's also allowed us to do this is it, to, to focus on mid market is the cost of implementation is, is not as high as many people expect. We don't have to get into the numbers today, but, but we are almost always able to provide a very solid ROI based off, off of uh, executing a bot or hyper automation on one specific process. So there's a lot of room for this industry, for this technology to grow across all industries, especially in the small mid-sized businesses. Yeah, perhaps that's a better way to think about it. So thank you for clarifying. I mean, imagine the type of work in which hyper automation can help with probably is relatively universal, just a matter of, you know, how much of it do you have? And then when is the technology the right solution for it? So that's a great point. Um, thank you for being here, Chris, and sharing this information about these various technologies. Very informative for both myself and our audience. I have only a couple questions for you before we let you go. And the first one is, what resources, if any, would you share with our audience where they could go to learn more about Nividus or the technology or any anything related to those topics? Yeah, uh, go to our website, nividus.com. It sounds self-serving, I get it. Um, but there's a lot of great uh, content on our, our site that's non-biased, it's, it's educational. A lot of great resources. We've got case study after case study. We have a lot of great uh, uh, webinars that we've conducted. Um, it's just a good, it's a, a plethora of, of great information that I, I, I would point everybody to and, and I think will guide you to understanding more about hyper automation, about the capabilities on how this can, you know, how it can impact your business. Um, and and uh, I think that's a good resource. Thank you for providing. And last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? Well, I'm an open door policy. So anybody that wants to reach out, uh, we don't discriminate, so you know, feel free to call, uh, reach out to myself, uh, anybody at our team at Nividus. Um, you know, we like to talk to uh, leadership within companies that run departments. I get, I, you know, we talk a lot with COOs and CFOs at organizations, which is great, but, um, and, and I think ultimately we need to talk to those decision makers. But I really enjoy talking to the head of HR 
or the director of finance and accounting, the head of billing departments. They know what they're struggling. They know what keeps them up at night or what's frustrating for their employees on a daily basis. Um, those, those leaders within organization, I think are, are very, in, they're very influential in spreading the message to leadership that this is a resource that we should look into because they feel the pain sometimes more so than senior leadership. Um, so if you're a, uh, you know, if you're running a group or a team or a division at an organization um, and, and you can relate to the amount of paperwork, the amount of emails, the amount of documents that your team is stuck handling on a daily or weekly or monthly basis, you feel that pain, call us. Let, let us educate you on ways that we can help um, by, by utilizing these tools and bring up those employees so you can sit down with them and say, hey, what else can you do with this organization that gets you excited and can help you know, help us hit our mission. Um, so those would be good people for us to talk to. Very cool. And I want to make sure that we get that in there as well too. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, so, you know, find me on LinkedIn. They can email me at chris.hawn at nividus.com. Um, those would be the best ways to reach me. Um, and and uh, look forward to it. We're, you know, we're happy just to do a general introduction call. It's how we, our sales process really starts with a 30 minute intro to hyper automation and, and how it can impact your business. And, um, you know, it's just edu educational and usually that leads to getting to show you a bot in production at a demo uh, on a demo, which is always fun. I think Sean, you may have seen that, which is just fascinating to watch a, a bot run around the screen, executing tasks as quickly as they can do it. Um, so it's usually, uh, you know, pretty educational initially, pretty, we take a very consultative approach to figure out how hyper automation can help. Love it. And I have seen it and I highly recommend anybody check it out. It is super cool. So thanks for that, Chris. We'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. And thanks for being here and sharing your knowledge and experience with myself and our audience. Yep, absolutely, Sean. You're one of my favorite guys to work with. And you know, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to see you doing so well. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io. This time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next Step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N-X-T-S-T-E-P dot I-O. Thanks and keep disrupting. Hey folks, Sean here and thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you did, I'd encourage you to also sign up for my free five-day email course about launching a profitable B2B SaaS application for less than $750. If you'd like to sign up for that course, you can do so at nextstep.io forward slash B2B SaaS.